Oh, oh my God. Where did you come from, miss? I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, but now my dad lives oh my in God. with his I love family, her. so I go there sometimes. He married oh, this woman who's free Madison. Mm, exactly. <laughs> he sent me to a diff dimension and a talking goat. A diff dimension. a lava pit in exchange for six drops of my blood. What? What? Holy shit! Is he confirmed? That's gotta be Mephisto! No way! No way! Oh my... Yo, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Who else is gonna make a deal? That's the only devil I know. <laughs> Holy shit! I made a pact with a demon that I cannot discuss. Otherwise, he <gasps> said he would reap my soul and the souls of all I love, which honestly is so dramatic, it. and I hate drama. That is Mephisto! That sounds a lot like Mephisto. Can't lie. Cannot even lie. My goodness. What did you do, Madison? He is confirmed. This is Mephisto. <laughs> I'm not crazy this time. I'm not crazy now. You are not crazy. That's a demon. That's a demon. I may have been crazy past times. Not this time. <laughs> not this time. Wait, wait, wait. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. That is him. What? I don't what? care what you call him. What? That's totally Mephisto. You can that's call him whatever contract. you want. That's a name tag. <laughs> that's that's just a name. That's a high Merrick Voss name tag. That's hi, my name is Jake name tag. They're making fun of me. I swear they're to God. Doing they're, it. they're targeting you. <laughs> I, I feel targeted. I, I feel seen. I feel seen. I feel seen. Seen and targeted. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. Mephisto is confirmed in the MCU. He's been confirmed for the sixth time, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, but this time, is it counts. It counts. This is our clearest yes. confirmation yet, as She-Hulk episode four introduces Madison with mm. a Y, but not where you think. She gets sent to this fiery hell dimension where a talking goat named Jake saves her from a lava pit in exchange for her soul. Holy, Holy She-Hulk! She -Hulk. This is Inside Marvel, New Rockstar's official after show for She-Hulk. I'm Eric Voss, with me is MT. Hey, MT. Hey, what's going on, homie? I hey, hope buddy. it's Mephisto. I hope to God it's Mephisto. Oh, I hope so too. It's such a shame that Jess is on vacation yes. this week. I wish she was here for we this. Miss you, Jess. We need you here to help us, or at least to talk some sense to us. But while Jess is out this week, she did pre-shoot her Easter egg breakdown for episode four. So it's still gonna come out later today. Stick around for it, because I'm sure she has some thoughts on Mephisto or whether or not oh, it's Mephisto, yeah. whether or not we're crazy. But uh, yeah, what a fun episode that, that digs into the deeper lore of the MCU, of course, but also just explores how awful it is to swipe date in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh my God. It's quite terrible. Her her first dates were uh, pretty, pretty awful. A lot, a lot yeah. of creepy men. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, it's it's never a fun time, I think. Well, in this episode, we start with a magician named Donnie Blaze. It's not Johnny Blaze, it's Donnie Blaze. I feel like <laughs> there was a joke there, right? I mean, come on, right. we're making a Johnny Blaze reference. At least. That had to be intentional. He does a show at the Mystic Castle, and if you live in the Los Angeles area, you know this is a parody of the Los Angeles-based Magic Castle Theater. And, mm. you know, you see this get made fun of a lot. Actually, the MCU has already made fun of this with, like, Jimmy Woo doing, doing close-ups magic right yes. like i feel like he would take classes at this place uh <laughs> and it seems like tv writers and movie writers love to make fun of the magic castle but the truth is it is the coolest freaking thing to do if you live in la Word. because not everyone gone. you can't just walk up and go you have to know someone uh and i have like <laughs> one or two friends 
who uh, who were members. It's a private club, and you have to get them uh, to get you on the list. You have to dress up nice to go. And I believe they shot the interior of this magic theater that it might actually be the interior of the main stage of the Magic Castle. Oh. Uh, and which is why it's just kind of like frustrating for me to see it like half empty. Every show at the Magic <laughs> Castle is full. It is like the mm. hottest ticket in town. You cannot go. And it's not a cheesy thing. When you go in, you are like transported. And you're like, you know what? I, it's easy to make fun of magicians, but this place is dope. Like, it's really fun. And like the tricks that Donnie Blaze are doing, I think you people would be like, yeah, all right. They'd be into it. Like, it's like they, it's okay. We can make fun of magicians. But like half of the people who work in the writer's room at She-Hulk started doing UCB improv classes. And nothing's a bigger cult in Los Angeles than the theater that's just down the other side of Franklin <laughs> Avenue called UCB. So like, yeah, make fun of it all you want. But the reason you have the work you have right now is by being part of a different cult in Los Angeles, all right, so shut your mouth. (laughs) All sorts of cults in LA. I mean, just across the street from UCB is uh, the Scientology Celebrity Center, which is another freaking literal castle on Franklin. And like, (laughs) I believe the Scientologists own the block where UCB pays rent to. So it's like, no, all of our hands are dirty in Los Angeles. No one is pure, all right? So uh, We all join the cult eventually. (laughs) If anything, the Magic Castle is the most wholesome, purest thing that's on Franklin in in Los Angeles, all right? So go easy on the poor magicians. They're losers. But they put on a great show and a exactly. great restaurant there too. I, I love the Magic Castle. I will and go they to make the great, great lawyers Magic Castle. for other magicians. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do apparently. Apparently. So we meet my favorite MCU Phase Four character since Agatha Harkness, Madison with two Madison. N's and a Y. I love Wires. her to death. <laughs> we must protect her at all costs. I yes. love Madison. I hope she's okay after her. Uh, I hope she's okay. With the devil. I know. I know, and she did start to talk about that contract, and I don't know, I mean, whatever. I mean, I, I feel like her if her soul gets claimed by Mephisto, what what an honor. What an honor, right? Seriously, uh, what an honor yeah. for you, Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> so she participates, and, and what's so fun about this character is, like, absolutely, if you go to the Magic Castle, you're going to see, like, eight different Madisons with a Y, not where you think, walking around. <laughs> They're going to be there with their cocktails, spilling it all over, volunteering to go up on stage. It's exactly the experience that you'll see. <laughs> the only difference is it would be packed. There would be at least 20 other Madisons walking around. Um, <laughs> it's just all Madisons. <laughs> it's all Madisons. It's all Madisons and guys who are trying to be like, maybe this will impress Madison. And then Madison's like, I'm not that impressed, but good on you for taking these magic classes. So Donnie sends Madison through a clearly stolen sling rings portal uh, and she goes to this hellish dimension comes out the other side with a bloody heart in her hand lands in camartage where she tells wong that she made a deal with this demonic talking goat and then she spoils one of the best episodes of the sopranos long-term parking for a second for a second i thought they were just parodying like camartage and doing a soprano style intro because that music slaps i was like oh my god are we saying are we saying wong is a tony soprano of camartage if so Um, can that just be the case can we do, like, is is all of the MCU Wong's dream from the uh, beginning of season five of The Sopranos where he has, like, this crazy David Lynch-style dream sequence with Annette Benning showing up playing herself? Like, couldn't that be what the MCU is? Just Wong's fever dream where he's been, like, injured somewhere and he's like... Yeah, I get to imagine myself as a Sorcerer Supreme. And then he's uh, like, he, he's still on the mountain, on Wondergore Mountain. He's just knocked out. <laughs> can can all the MCU end with just like Wong in a restaurant and then it just blacks out on Wong and that's the end of the MCU and we don't really know what happened? God, I hope so. 
Wong is my Tony Soprano, I think, at the end of the hey. day. Okay, uh, I mean, if you think, like, the, the death of Phil Leotardo in the ending of season whatever of, of, of The Sopranos is similar to the Illuminati being killed off, right? That, if anything, was a Godfather-style slaying where people's heads were being imploded. I think this is all connecting, MT. I think we, we yeah. have discovered... <laughs> There's too many coincidences. <laughs> a new galaxy brain theory here. Uh, anyway. It's all Sopranos. MC Sopranos. Yes. Okay, so Jen tells her dad that she never reported that wrecking crew attacked the police, which I'm sure is going to come back to haunt her. But she sets up a dating profile. Uh, and then Wong shows up telling Jen that Donnie Blaze was a student of the Mystic Arts, but only for a week until he was kicked out for summoning kegs to his frat brothers. So they decide to sue Donnie Blaze to stop him from using real magic. But Donnie and the theater owner, this a delightful, uh, charming man named Cornelius yes. P. Willows, blows them <laughs> off. <laughs> He's great. And then Jen goes on a date with a douche named Alan who makes her pick up the tab. Now, I have to go on a bit of a rant here. Again, I know I keep talking about how I lived in L.A. for 12 years, and I probably sound a lot like Alan, uh, but I, 12 years is a long time to get to know that the city. That is a pretty long time. And I can attest, I did spend, before I met Kelly, I spent quite a bit of time going on swipe dates like this. And yes, mm. this is very true. They suck. And a lot of us are douches who are very superficial, and uh, we will just talk about ourselves the whole time. We get intimidated by women who have successful careers. And while I just came from like a nowheresville in, in Florida, a lot of the people who moved to LA are these guys who spent like a year and a half in New York or Chicago and act like they are experts on those cities. But like they couldn't yeah. cut it in those cities, and that's why they left them. Um, <laughs> not all of them. I mean, look, I met someone from Chicago, and she's like my favorite person in my life, obviously. But she also grew up in Chicago. I think she knows quite a bit about it. Uh, but there's, and also I met some people who spent like a year in Chicago, and they're just delightful people. But also you meet some people who come from Chicago and New York, and they kind of suck. It's a mixed bag here in LA. That's just the truth. But yes, there are quite a few Allens. There are Allens everywhere on these dates, uh, and uh, and I get that that's meant to be satire. But I'll just say that. Every single Allen that I know, they are very superficial, and I just don't know if they would call Tatiana Maslany a six. That rang a little, like, too parodic for me. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I, I I think more realistically, they, they would be disasters. They would just have, like, panic attacks about her being a lawyer and complain that the reason they can't get a TV writing job is because of women like her. That would be the wow. reality. <laughs> Man, I'm so sorry, women, that you have to date yes. people like Oh, for that. sure. It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm not denying that at all. <laughs> I would just like, it's just on this show, it's like, Tatiana Maslany's beautiful. I don't. She's way more people, than a six. I, I got to That dude was tripping. That dude was tripping. Like, I don't know. They're living in some uh, reality delusion uh, caused by Dr. Strange and the other sorcerers to make all the men <laughs> see Tatiana Maslany as less attractive than she actually is. That's the only way that makes sense in this universe. So, um, uh, okay. This is why we need Jess here right now. I'm sorry. Because I think <laughs> Jess would say like, look, you guys don't get it. There are, you could be a complete 10 or 11 and go on a date uh, through Tinder on LA and still be mistreated like this. You're probably, that's probably the truth of it. I just, just men, I have an men are just terrible. Like, to be honest. <laughs> not us, MT. Not the two of us. You and I are perfect. There's we're nothing the wrong with us. We're, we're flawless. We're flawless men. We're allies. Hey, and, we're the good I'm ones. I'm single. Not, not, not Eric, he's taken. But I'm single. <laughs> I'm the only good man in the world. So come on, come on over, everybody. We're, that's right. That's right. We're perfect. Jess is going to get here next week and be like, you're both trash. And then <laughs> she's going she's gonna to reach through our computer screens and slap us. Slap because us we. Both. She would not let us get away with this if she were here. Not right at now. all. Not at all. <laughs> we're going on a field day. Uh, 
So Madison testifies against Donnie Blaze. I love they bring her in as a witness. I want to know what party she was at ahead of time, but absolutely right. I would have been in that crowd going, Madison, Yeah, Madison. I would love if it was the, the Zemo party, because it kind of looked like the Zemo oh, party. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. You know Zemo was in the background just going, mm, mm, mm. Uh, And what I love about it is this is, if she lived in L.A., right, because she was at the Mystic Castle, which is an L.A. venue, uh, the right. courtroom is in L.A., clearly like a morning trial, wherever this party was, it was like clear no windows 24-hour rave where she's just like drinking she's that drunk in the morning which is like this is exactly the kind of party that i would never go to but like a part of me wishes i could be cool enough to go to those you know right same here i can't do loud noises i mean i'm telling you if you live in la joseph's on ivar and yucca i would park there going to my improv theater which is on hollywood it was not on franklin i wasn't good enough to get into ucb on a team well i did get on ucb at one point but i didn't last uh, <laughs> i was not funny or cool enough but i was at the, another theater and i would park over on yucca to go to my sunday morning sketch team rehearsals at 10 a.m and i would walk by this crazy looking place just called joseph's with no windows but you can hear <laughs> <laughs> and then Madison's Madison's would walk out and be like, mm, it's so bright. And I'm like, what were you doing all night? It's 10 a.m. Go to That's, church. Go to church. And there was a church, uh, Church of Scientology, right down the street. And I'm sure the Scientology people were like, come right on our bus. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. On the bus. On the bus. <laughs> And that's that's the engine that perpetuates Hollywood, everybody. That's that's how it works. But so she elaborates that uh, J that uh, Donnie Blaze sent her into a fireland. I love that she calls it a fireland, like it's a world in, in Mario Brothers three. Um, and then uh, she uh, she meets a talking goat named Jake, where she made a pact with him. She's not allowed to talk about the pact, or he'll reap her soul and the souls of all she loved. I mean, this is this is Mephisto, hundred percent. Wong has an interesting statement that he makes where he warns that one man in the mortal realm has the ability to cause a ripple so great it reverberates through every dimension, and that ripple through galaxies has the ability to destroy all life through the known and unknown universe. Just like kind of an interesting thematic statement if you compare it to people like uh, Wanda Maximoff or Stephen Strange or even Wong himself, that uh, really one person can... Uh, with the power of the gods can break the universe through, break the multiverse as we know it. I think we call those people nexus beings, I think we would say, really, right? Now, the judge allows this case to move forward, but allows Donnie to continue practicing his livelihood in the meantime. So Jen goes on, uh, she gets no matches. And I just love that joke. <laughs> she gets a notification says you've had no matches, which is amazing. She creates a new account as She-Hulk. Uh, she gets a ton of matches immediately. She dates a guy named Derek, who's a weightlifter, played by WWE wrestler David Ortunga. That's fun to see him cameo there. She goes on a date with this guy named Todd, played by John Bass, who has shown up as a character actor in a couple different things. Like, he might be a familiar face to you. Interesting guy. He's a nerd who seems really into Jen. He calls her a specimen, asks whether vibranium could pierce her skin. I think we'll talk about him a bit more later. Interesting guy. I don't think he would... I think you'd cast a smaller no-name actor to play this role if he wasn't going to be so important. But then she also meets Arthur, a hunky doctor, way too good to be true, makes all the right moves. She takes him home. Uh, he says, you want to split fries? And she's like, yes, let's get this to go. 
you never get french fries to go. The steam is gonna make them all soggy in a takeout container. Have you ever tried to reheat fries in a microwave or eat cold fries when you get them home? Are you kidding? The nights get pretty cool in Los Angeles. You gotta wear a jacket unless it's like, you know, fire season or something like that. Those fries are gonna be disgusting when you get them home. I'm just they're saying. They're insane. They're insane. It's almost like they're not gonna eat the fries at all. What are they gonna do? I don't it's understand. It's almost <laughs> like it's not about the fries. Clearly this guy has never had a successful swipe date. I think that's what we just learned about that. So put the fries, put the fries. Anyway, I just, I just, I worship at the altar of French fries. And if a single fry gets uneaten from that basket, I feel like a crime has been committed. I think is what really I mean, that's a good feeling. I would roll with that feeling because that is true. So Donnie Blaze does another show where he summons a bird that lays an egg and an egg hatches into a goblin monster that grows and grows and grows. It turns into these bat goblin things. He opens a portal to the hell dimension where even more goblins swarm out. Wong cleans up this mess, gets She-Hulk's help. And then Jen returns to Arthur, where they head off to the bedroom, and he knocks the lamp. You know, that's the old Who Framed Roger Rabbit joke, where that's how you show a VFX thing interacting with the real world to make it look more photorealistic. You literally knock the lamp. So I love that little a little wink there, that little tip of the hat to that. So the next morning, the news reports that Titania's uh, legal charges have been dropped. So this whole story with Titania has just been kind of unfolding on news reports in the background since the opening episode. I think that's a factor of probably them restructuring the season uh, because it's so weird that she's clearly such a major threat, but they just keep like reporting her on news reports. Uh, Anyway, so Arthur wakes up. Arthur, dude, uh, like he sees that Jen's reverted human form, loses all interest. Another example of like, I'm sorry, if you woke up to Tatiana Maslany, I don't think you'd be disappointed. I don't care who you are. It's like Tatiana Maslany. Right? Yeah. Like, I would be totally fine. I'd be like, first of all, who are you? Oh, you're she. That's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. I can do both. Yeah. Like, I'm best best of both worlds, really. (laughs) Which is part of the reason why I suspect that, like, some of these guys going on dates with her might have been after something else. Like, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, we'll talk about it in a bit. Um, But Jen gets served a lawsuit to stop using the name She-Hulk. And by the way, this is actually this actor who plays the guy who brings the paperwork is uh, one of her Tinder dates that she swiped on. It's actually oh. Jessica Gao's uh, partner, her longtime partner, oh. who's also an artist. Uh, so this guy is a cameo. He was like the guy who had a cat uh, with a sailor hat on it, and he had a matcher, oh. matching captain hat. Uh, so this guy is like a, a friend of the show, obviously. Not our show. Nice. Our show. Well, he could be a friend of our show. Hey, if you want to come on. <laughs> oh, Let's just say he uh, is. Let's just say he is. He's <laughs> a friend. And then we get this awesome post-credit tag where Wong and Madison are watching This Is Us. Well, they plan to drink cocktails, uh, including what sounds like a white Russian made of vodka in yak's milk. That's fun. Mm, I, I swear to God, we we need a spinoff <laughs> with these two. And it needs to have a Soprano-style intro every episode. Like, I need a Wong solo, like Wong and Madison. Just do Wong and Madison. I, I, I will totally pay extra for Disney Plus for that. I think what we need is like an episode of Agatha Coven of... Chaos, which was going to be Agatha House of Harkness. And then like WandaVision, each episode should be its own kind of like TV homage. And we need to have at least one episode where it's just a Sopranos parody with (laughs) Agatha. And we need Madison playing the Adriana role. We need Wong playing the Tony Soprano role. And we need Agatha playing the Carm role. Right? Let's get this man in the writing room right now. Like, let's get him in the writing room right now. Come on, man. I need to see that yesterday. I think we need to dreamcast the rest of the cast. Like, who would be Chris Moltisante in this universe? Maybe, uh, maybe Evan. Uh, Evan Peters. I've never seen The Sopranos. <laughs> MT, we need to we need to start a viewing Madison's party with you and me. Madison's folded for me. I was like, come on, yeah. Madison, why? I was gonna get yeah. to that eventually. 
<laughs> All right, before we dive in, MT, what's going on with uh, with the merch world? Yo, guys, be sure to check out newrockstarsmerch.com where you can grab our newest, latest obsession shirt, Lady Justice, inspired by the She-Hulk series. This shirt is limited edition and will be gone faster than Donnie Blaze's audience because yeah, that was pretty damn fast. So be sure to grab one when you can. And when you purchase the latest obsession shirt, you unlock the ability to get a custom shout out that will appear right here on Inside Marvel. Pretty dope. But Eric, our first question for today is, was Mephisto, the man himself, just confirmed to be MCU canon? Oh, boy! We're going off of the rails on the Mephisto train! Yes, we are. So in the past, you all know that this channel has been accused of making Mephisto mountains out of red mole hills. During WandaVision, I did point to any reference to devils, demons, and horned animal skulls and shouted, Mephisto confirmed? But here's the deal, uh, I don't even think I ever said Mephisto confirmed until it became a meme. Many other channels made us look a bit silly by widening their nets to any reference to the color red and to any hexagon shape. I don't think we ever went that far. Uh, mm. We did kind of point when like hex hexagons showed up in WandaVision, but I don't think I ever went as far to say like that means Mephisto because the number six is six, six, six. I didn't do the freaking QAnon numerology, but I, you know, I get that we were kind of the tip of the spear of the whole Mephisto movement and I do agree that we probably earned the scorn when Mephisto did not show up in WandaVision. I get it. But in the months since, every smartass on Twitter and Reddit has turned Mephisto confirmed into such a meme that they just refuse to listen when the MCU has started to make very real overt references to Mephisto's existence. So I honestly believe that the guys who are still making Mephisto jokes out there are like the older dudes who clearly aren't really paying attention to the MCU and just want to look relevant, like that Steve Buscemi meme where he's like, how do you do, fellow kids? That's what you look like when you make your <laughs> Mephisto jokes. Uh, and I get that it was a joke for a long time and it's been pretty funny but for for many of you it might still be a joke and i guess it's okay but we're not crying wolf anymore mephisto is here this episode of she-hulk wasn't even the first clear reference to satan or the devil existing in the mcu because thor love and thunder explicitly stated that the winner of the most souls sacrificed in the name of a god was quote satan zeus actually says that in the movie that, plus acknowledging the existence of a god of carpentry, aka Jesus Christ, suggesting that this whole evil Christian counterpart would also logically exist in this universe. And now Madison and She-Hulk says that she spent time in a lava pit in a fire realm. She got out by making a pact with a talking goat named Jake. Jake made her sign a contract. We actually see this in the closing credits art. And if she ever spoke out about that contract, he would claim her soul and the souls of those she loves. And then Madison leaves this realm with in her hand a bloody beating human heart. And we further saw the appearance of this fire realm during this goblin bat sequence. It's a rocky, fiery lava cavern similar to the lava river dimension that we saw in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which we saw briefly during the montage. But then later, America Chavez chooses this realm as where she wants to banish the Scarlet Witch to. There was a deliberate choice to revisit that realm in particular. Now, I get why the producers of She-Hulk held back from calling this hell explicitly or calling Jake Mephisto explicitly. They are a goofy, satirical uh, hangout Disney Plus series. Marvel Studios likely didn't want Mephisto's grand entrance to be right here, but the writers were probably given instructions to have a drunken character like Madison give the goat a different name. The art depicts him wearing a name tag that says Jake, suggesting that it was a name that Madison gave him and he just kind of went with it. Also, we know Mephisto takes all kinds of different forms and goes by many, many names. 
Could there be another reason, though, behind the name choice of Jake? Well, I looked into it. Werewolf by Night, Marvel's Halloween special, which is coming up. It is going to be the next MCU title on Disney+. Plus. Jack Russell's original name was Jacob Rusoff. Jacob's father, Gregor, came from a bloodline of lycanthropes. When his 18th century father, Grigory, tried to slay uh, Vlad Dracula, Gregor, the 20th century uh, descendant, finds the Darkhold. And in the Darkhold, he reads a passage that reawakens the werewolf curse in his family. And that's how Jacob Rusoff becomes a werewolf. He once he turns 18, his werewolf comes out. Uh, and that name, Jake, could be setting up Mephisto to appear in Werewolf by Night with Jack Russell. Ooh. That's just, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the case. Jake could just be a random name. Maybe they're like, maybe they're searching through pages of comics. Okay, Mephisto is never called Jake, so we'll choose that <laughs> name. And then I'm like, aha, the Werewolf by Night, Jake? And they're like, God damn it. Um, <laughs> But MT, let's talk about what we think the terms of Madison's contract with Jake were. Why did she come out of hell with a bl with a bloody heart in her hand? Whose heart was that? Yeah, I, I have no clue whose heart that was. That was kind of creepy. I hope Madison didn't have to kill someone. Uh, but I I, there, I have this sneaking suspicion, and like I hope this isn't true, that uh, Madison herself is is a type of plant planted too long by whoever, like Mephisto, whoever it was that sent her there. Um, I think that like this this entity's trying to mess with the Sorcerer Supreme um directly by sending her directly to his home because Madison wanted to go home. Like she didn't want to go see Wong. She didn't know who Wong was really. So uh I think that um whatever the contract was, like I think it was just mainly like, get me out of here, I just want to go home. And this evil, um, nefarious entity's like, all right, um, if you're if you're gonna go back to the plane where I don't really hang out, let me cause some trouble because uh, I wanna take over that plane or I don't know, whatever. So he wants to, he wants to directly affect the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, but what do you think? I think uh, I would love if that heart is the heart of Johnny Blaze. So we got the reference Ooh. to Donnie Blaze, but what if the heart is Johnny Blaze's heart? And that, uh, and like Jake was Mephisto or some kind of incarnation of Mephisto, some piece of Mephisto. Uh, so Ooh. Madison accidentally stumbles into this fire realm. Uh, Mephisto's like, ooh, delightful. Someone I can use to uh, do my bidding. Uh, so maybe he like uses a, like he sends her back into the mortal realm with Johnny Blaze's heart after it's been cursed somehow or something like that. Or that like he has to like reclaim his heart from Kamartage. There could be some tie in with how we get Ghost Rider Johnny Blaze in the MCU that is connected to the fact that his heart is now with the Sorcerer Supreme Wong. Because when you watch that scene, the heart just kind of sits there on the shag rug which I think is just really fun. Like, whose heart is this? Where's it going to go now? And so we know, for anyone who doesn't really know the origin story of Ghost Rider, it is tied in with Mephisto. Like, that's how Ghost Rider mm -hmm. has his power of, of fire. Is It's the fires of Mephisto that he, uh, he has, like, this deal with Mephisto that's similar to the deal that Madison has. Now, would the MCU go as crazy as make Madison the Ghost Rider of the MCU? Uh, no. <laughs> That would, that would be, be fun, but not the way we want to go, I think, I think. But Madison does need to be in the Ghost Rider show, I think. I think the idea here is that Madison is one of many characters in the MCU who has made a deal with the devil, right? And we're going to see how lots of characters who have made the, a deal with the devil through some kind of accident, through some kind of wish fulfillment. And it's all going to tie in with the Darkhold. It's going to tie in with uh, the sorcerers. And we're starting to plant the seeds here. 
Uh, I don't know if Madison's gonna come back. I sure hope she does, because she's delightful. She's I mean, great, either and I love her. In, in Agatha Coven of, uh, of Chaos or in Wonder Man, because Wonder Man's gonna be set in the world of Hollywood show business. Madison's gotta show up at a party in the show, right? Like, oh yeah, for sure. Madison's like she needs to be the it. new Coulson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. The new Coulson or Stanley, like the Madison. That, that's yeah, it. Madison makes a cameo. I mean, she's got to be at these clubs dancing with Zemo. Like, I, I exactly. assume she was in Madripoor at some point at these clubs. Oh, yeah. She's the best. <laughs> Just to, in addition to, like, uh, potential people that this uh, demon could be, I think that we could also be looking at um, a demon called the Nameless One, um, who doesn't have a name. They only call him the Nameless One. But he's also the god or, or the leader of this group of um, demons called the Undying Ones, if I'm not mistaken. And like we saw in this episode that these demons that Hulk, She-Hulk was punching were just not dying. And I'm just thinking like, hmm, maybe we could be dealing with um, the Undying One here because the Undying One, sorry, um, the Nameless One, because the, the Hulk did have a, a brief interaction with the Nameless One in the comics. So um, I'm thinking either Nameless One or maybe even Satanish, but like Mephisto is like number one for me. Like that has to be like a big guess here because like he's too big. Of, he's, he's literally the biggest most associated name for Satan in the MCU. So I'm, I'm feeling Mephisto for sure. I mean, uh, we are recording this episode on Wednesday. It's obviously you're watching it now here on Thursday and today's Disney Plus Day. So we don't know if there's going to be any announcements about Werewolf by Night or what that show will look like. Um, but like, it's not gonna be a show. It's gonna be a one-off special, but like, I don't know, Halloween season, dealing with uh, mm. Jack Russell, a story that has to do with the Darkhold. I feel like Mephisto would be an interesting person to bring into this show like it would be a very high profile thing like what a way to end phase four on disney exactly. plus i guess we also have the guardians of the galaxy holiday special and we'll have black panther wakanda forever coming in november but like if you if you think like the star of phase four is either like wong or wanda maximoff or something like that i feel like mephisto's been such a huge part of the phase four speculation train like right at the end here to bring in mephisto would be freaking amazing i feel it'd like it'd be dope yeah. it'd be dope I mean, it would, would make my it. year. It would it would fix everything, <laughs> everything in my life. It would be honestly. like another um, like Miss Marvel X Men mic drop. It's like, oh yeah, and yeah. Mephisto got it, and Mephisto. <laughs> I please Marvel if you're listening. There's still time. There's still there time. There's still time. Do it, please. <laughs> All right, we have a lot more questions coming out of this episode of She-Hulk, but we want to thank Brooklyn and for sponsoring this episode. Whether you're a superhuman Hulk or just a regular old human, we all want a comfortable night's sleep and the best sheets possible. But how do you determine which sheets are the best with all those confusing thread counts that don't even matter? Well, that's where Brooklinen comes in. Brooklinen was created to give customers luxury hotel-level home essentials. They offer everything from snuggly sheets to cozy towels and robes, loungewear, accessories, and much more. They partner with top-caliber suppliers, and they only use the highest-grade materials. Brooklinen knows better than anyone that high-quality materials are the most important element of a good sheet, not really a thread count. Because each sheet is made with ultra-durable cotton that will get softer and softer with every use and wash, you'll feel like you're snuggling up to breathable supreme comfort every single night no matter how you sleep. And they offer a top-tier 365-day return policy, plus an additional year for sheets, pillowcases, and duvet covers. And if you're new to the brand and not sure where to start, rest easy and shop in comfort with Brooklinen's online quiz. Whether you're looking for the perfect set of cozy sheets, a new robe, or a complete home overhaul, their quiz is the best place to find a curated list of high-quality products that are perfectly suited to your lifestyle. So refresh your rest today with Brooklinen, best in-class bedding. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code Marvel to get $20 off 
plus free shipping on your purchase of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter the promo code Inside Marvel for $20 off plus free shipping on your purchase today. We also want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode. Fellas, we all want to perform a little magic in the bedroom, but sometimes you need more than just a sling ring. You need a little blue. That's right. This episode is also brought to you by Blue Chew. Confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you receive your prescription within days. It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, BlueChew can help. And we've got a special deal for our fans. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code MARVEL at checkout. Just pay the $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code MARVEL to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. We thank BlueChew for sponsoring this podcast. All right, MT, I know you have some thoughts on this question. This montage of matcher dates that Jen goes on, do we think at least one of these guys might actually be trying to steal She-Hulk's blood? Specifically, I'm talking about Todd, the nerdier one who calls her a specimen and brings up if vibranium could pierce her skin. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that was a, a teaser for like the greater uh, threat to She-Hulk in the show. I think that this weirdo is trying to find ways to to pierce this woman's skin. I don't know why. what possessed this man to think that like, hey, let's... Let me talk about like ways to stab you. Like that's I want to want to know how to how to do that. And I, I definitely feel like he's linked to those guys that um you know uh, jumped Jennifer at the end of episode three. And um I I do have a feeling that um and I I'm gonna be diving th- into this in my Sunday video. But I have a feeling that uh this Todd guy could actually be uh, the brother of the leader. Um, a little Marvel villain called Madman, who is a Red Hulk. Like, he's a red, he's not the Red Hulk, but he is a red-colored Hulk who is obsessed with Bruce Banner. And he's like, oh my God, like, it should have been me who got that um, dose of radiation, like, because I wanted the funding. And I think that um, because the show is all about family and, like, we're dealing with the cousin of Bruce Banner, I think that the show is, like, going to be like, all right, let's do the brother of the leader. Because, like, it's the family members of our our main or our original Hulk and the leader. And I'm thinking that, yeah, this, this weird guy is Philip Stearns. Like his Todd name is a farce. And uh, he's just like trying to get Jen's blood so that he could become madman. But that's my weird theory. (laughs) MT. I love that theory. I I think that there definitely is something more to this guy. Cause I think this character, I've seen this character actor and stuff before. I was just rewatching the newsroom. He plays a role in that. He's on like the ACN digital team. Uh, I, he's shown up in a bunch of other stuff. And like, if you're just going to give him like a one second cameo in a montage, I feel like they'd give, they get other actors to do that as like most of the other actors in this uh, montage have like, they have small uh, careers that are probably going to get bigger after this. Good for them. But like, this guy is like, he can do more than just the part that he played here. And I feel like he's going to come back in a future episode. I think you're right. I think he's going to be a uh, part of the same effort that the wrecking crew is part of. He probably had a, a needle in his backpack ready to pull out and steal his blood. Uh, and so he's true. like, he's kind of like probing here. He's like, what if vibranium though? Or what if it was made of an Asgardian metal or something like that? Like he's trying to figure it out. So I think we'll see this guy again. Absolutely. Real sketchy um, dude. 
I think, yeah, just like we were talking about last week, there's some effort, there's someone, there's some boss to the Wrecking Crew, whether it's the leader, whether it's Kingpin, whether it's Val, there is some nefarious entity that is trying to steal Hulk blood uh, and is trying to replicate it in some way. And hopefully it leads to something like Red Hulk. I think that'd be really exciting. Okay, Wong has an interesting line where he references a higher legal power that he serves and he references the Book of Vishanti. You know, that was the Book of Good Spells that counteracted the Darkhold and uh, Multiverse of Madness. Do we think this is a reference to the Living Tribunal? Yeah, I think it's very likely a reference to the Living Tribunal. Um, it just makes sense because, like, you know, we see the Living Tribunal in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because we, so we know that this is like an MCU confirmed canon character and uh, the Living Tribunal is essentially in charge of the multiverse and like in charge of making sure everything just make it run smoothly. So it makes sense for the Living Tribunal to be like that ultimate authority for, um, for Wong to answer to. But what do you think? Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we were talking about how Wong remembers the the memory wipe spell from Spider-Man No Way Home, and he clearly remembers parts of it. He might not remember that Peter Parker was the uh, the subject of that spell. Uh, I, I have a feeling that most people still see Peter Parker as kind of a, a stranger to them. But, um, but I think the fact that he remembered that the spell was being conducted at all speaks to the fact that the Sorcerer Supreme is kind of connected with these other cosmic level entities mm. uh, i think he has like a direct line and we know that the sorcerers wield a weapon called the staff of the living tribunal and i think you know if this show is all about uh licensing and uh and copyright infringement i don't think the living tribunal as like the legal authority would allow them to use something called the staff of the living tribunal with unless he had some kind of a, a connection with them some kind of a he they're under his uh, legal jurisdiction in a way mm. it would be my thinking I just think that the Ancient One of Sorcerer Supreme had some kind of divine insight of what future events would be. I, I think uh, the Sorcerer Supreme, that rank, affords you a certain kind of tier of access that includes uh, communications with things like the Watcher and the Living Tribunal and other entities like that. All right, uh, the last question I want to ask you, MT. Wong, in his post-credit uh, scene, said that they still have some like vodka and yak's milk left over from the wedding. Who got married at Camertage and why weren't we invited? Exactly. It sure wasn't uh, Doctor Strange and uh, what's her name? Christine. Why am I her name? Christine. Yeah, sure wasn't Doctor Strange and Christine. <laughs> That'll never happen. I, I wonder who it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, hopefully, it was a nice wedding. Well, it, uh, well, it seemed like Wong had that uh, girlfriend in Sarah, but she died in the events she of died, Multiverse yeah. of Madness. Uh, so maybe mm -hmm. he was able to resurrect her using some spell. I want to say Rintra. Got married to someone. It got married. Rintra and another sorcerer got married uh, at Kamertage. That's my hope. Mm, I hope so because Rintra looks like he uh, he might struggle in the dating scene as well. <laughs> well, Rintra is really great at sewing as well. Like Rintra would make yes. a great domestic partner, right? I exactly. I would date Rintra if I was into green ox men. <laughs> You should be. You should be into that. Rintra. I mean, look. You know. Gender is a construct in T, and it doesn't matter. Uh, Rintra is just a great partner, and I would I, we'd all be lucky to be with Rintra. We, you know, so exactly. Mary Kill, let's do it. Rintra, Mephisto, <laughs> uh, or or uh, the uh, Doctor Arthur, the too good to be true Doctor. <laughs> well, we gotta we gotta get rid of uh we gotta get rid of Arthur because uh, he was a jerk. Yeah, so, kill uh, kill Arthur for sure. We marry Rintra, obviously. You marry um, Rintra. And then we, we got to bang whoever's left. Who was it again? <laughs> yeah, you f*** Mephisto. F*** Mephisto. I mean, oh, to me, that's like I, that I think that's list. a bad deal. 
You just spend a night with Mephisto? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Hell yeah, it's gonna be the best night of your life. He's gonna Ooh, teach very you spicy. things. Gonna, the, vision, the things you're gonna see, the feelings you're gonna feel. The contracts you're gonna sign. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But he's gonna take out your heart at the end and give it to Madison. And Madison's gonna bring yeah, it. Yeah, that's a uh, extreme BDSM right there. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. Again, Jess's breakdown of all the Easter eggs in this episode is gonna come out later today. So stick around, be sure to check that out. You can follow MT at Mastertainment. You can follow me at EA Voss and follow New Rockstars on all social media. Subscribe to New Rockstars for breakdowns of everything you love. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye, everyone. Mephisto confirmed! Oh,